Welcome to the Tin Lounge, where travel advisors Corrine and Teresa read you the travel industry news headlines that are currently unread in your inbox, so you can leave here feeling informed. On today's full episode, we're going to discuss all of the exciting recent travel industry news. There's been a lot going on in the world of travel. I'm Corrine, co-owner of Journey's Travel Company and creator of Travel Biz Boss. And I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fam with Intention. We've got a lot to cover, but before we get started, we wanted to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com to find some other fantastic travel podcasts. Mm -hmm. Kareen, this is our last full episode in 2020. I can't even. Yeah. I can't even. (laughs) And I'm not going to say I'm super excited. Yeah. (laughs) This year has literally flown by, but felt like five years. I'm still trying to make that work in my head. At the same time, (laughs) it's a time warp. There is no time is a, is a, Blurry concept. Yeah, it's like we walked through a wormhole and we're, we went from like March to December and and like all the in between is a blur. I remember back in March and April, I made dumplings like from, from scratch. And in my mind, I'm like, that happened last year. I I felt like it was around last Christmas, but no, it was literally this year early on. So it's funny you say that because I just today, you know, how everyone said at the beginning of 2020, when you write your dates out, mm-hmm. don't just put 20 because people yeah. could add another. So, yeah. so I was just writing it out today and thinking, oh, I can almost stop doing this now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah really well. so crazy. But yeah, there has been so much going on in the news and let's dive into it. Yeah. So I actually wanted to start with this first article from Travel Age West called Here's How Families Are Feeling About Travel in 2021. It is a very short article, but I recommend going to read it because it just covers some very specific pain points that our clients are going to have. And I think as advisors, if we are proactive about addressing them, it's going to build authority and really help our clients feel comfortable. So the article is about uh, a survey that Focusrite recently published regarding family travel. So it showed that one of the key results showed that although all respondents are worried about the risks of COVID-19 and being quarantined when traveling, families are also more likely to be concerned about losing money from uh, trip changes and cancellations. So, um, and it's more, the families seem to be more concerned than non-family travelers. And we were just discussing this moments ago about a trip that you're planning and having an open conversation with a supplier up front, you know, obviously the big box suppliers are going to be pretty standard, but even smaller suppliers, I think it's fair to address with them what's the flexibility here to make sure that your clients are covered because that is a huge concern right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's something that we as advisors bring to the table in terms of value. Um, yeah. Everyone, every new inquiry that comes in, I always tell them, as you know, there's a pandemic and there is a risk with you booking into the future because we don't know what's going to happen. And all of them have been like, yes, we understand. So you put, you put a meme out. I think it was this past week, like that made me laugh about, you know, in March or April, I was thinking, Oh, in a couple of months, this should be over and I can plan a trip. And now I'm like, well, I was thinking about planning something for 2025, but I don't want to be too ambitious. <laughs> and it's so true. Back in March, we're like, oh, we're scheduling all the Europe travelers from spring to fall of 2020 because we just did it. It's reasonable. Mm-hmm. And I know there have been so many agents who have already rescheduled their clients three times. Yeah. And it's just crazy to me that we are going into 2021 not knowing on certain kinds of travel. Like for the yeah. most part, we can have the hang of it, but you know. I scheduled a November and a December Cancun trip. Now I have not sold anything without cancel for any reason, cash back insurance in many, many months. And both of them had to cancel. One of them was exposed to someone at the last minute. Mm, and the gosh. other one's work decided to say, if you if you travel, you're going to have to quarantine. So, you know, anyway, the, we need to be ahead of the game and, and 
explaining flexibility and policies and things right out of the gate, especially with families, it sounds like. Another thing it said um, is a big concern is the availability of activities. And that seems to be more of a concern for families, the non-family travelers, obviously. Parents want to make sure their kids are entertained. Otherwise, they don't get to have a vacation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, that was a big thing. And it said that families are more likely than non-families to travel both domestically and internationally. And I think that also kind of comes down to kids again, right? Like the kids are going crazy. You need a break. You need some kind of a break from the ordinary. Mm -hmm. So I found it interesting. I really recommend going to just read it. It's a real quick article. But again, if we are prepared to field these questions or even explain to the client before they ask, then I think we're in a good place. And oftentimes we are telling them things they've never even considered before. Mm-hmm. And, and that makes us look good. Yeah, so many times they've been like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. I'm so glad I called you because there's no way I would be comfortable doing all this on my own. I remember taking an inquiry from a couple. I have booked them in the past, but they're coming back because they had a canceled family trip for 2021. So they're wanting to do something different. And to us, we are enveloped in all these travel updates all the time. And I think we often forget that our clients are not. So even the simplest thing, I was just like, so there are a lot of countries, even states in the US that have travel restrictions and explaining the different, you know, just giving them different examples. And she was like, wow, I didn't even think the US would be different, like according to states. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, could you imagine a client doing it on their own and not knowing that, you know, Alaska had a different set of guidelines versus Florida, because here it feels like, you know, there are no restrictions really, but in Alaska, there testing is required. Well, I think more than ever, we just, like you said, it's our job to stay on top of these things, but there are tons of things. Like I remember I was just for some reason thinking about this trip I did a couple years ago where the client was really angry at me because she had to pay baggage fees. And I'm like, everybody knows about baggage. Like, it's such a normal thing. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, I did have the baggage link or the baggage policy link on the itinerary, but I didn't like beat her about the head about, you know, over baggage fees. Mm -hmm. And apparently that's what she needed. And I do think we are rusty. Our travelers are rusty. And moving forward, we just have to be like super specific about every single thing to make sure that they don't end up caught off guard. Exactly. And it's like, you might already know this, but just in case you don't, don't forget the details. Don't forget this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the other articles that I um, found, it was also from Travel Age West, and it's about how the industry is paving a way forward. And this article touches on cruise lines, airlines, and hotels. And Mm -hmm. it details everything that each sector is doing in how they're planning on moving forward. So for cruise lines, um, they're saying that they're trying to enact more protocols and less contact. And they really touch on how testing is going to be a really crucial part of cruising. And once cruising starts back up, they're not going to send the entire fleet out at the same time. They might do like a few ships here and there just to test the waters and see how those cruises go and then move on from there. It's going to be like a learning experience for everyone. Um, But definitely a lot of new protocols for cleaning on board and social distancing on board. Um, I know we mentioned this in a previous episode, but I honestly can't see cruise lines booking a hundred percent capacity, at least not for a really long time. Nope. And I have to say, just going back to the conversation we just had, we think that it's obvious that travel experiences are going to be different and that all of our clients are going to expect it to be different. But that's not necessarily the case. Just like your client didn't know that states would be different. We need to make sure to prepare our clients. We don't have to paint a scary picture. Mm-hmm. We just need to say, you need to be prepared that this is all going to be evolving over the next few years. And it not, may not look like what you're used to. Right. Exactly. Do you have any questions about that? Of course, there's certain things we won't be able to predict. But we just need to make sure that I feel like when people know what to expect when they're walking in, they're much happier, even if it isn't the best scenario, as long as they know it's going to be different, just like prepare them for 
as best you can, but at least prepare them for it to be different than normal. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be what it's going to be like, what what it was like before. Um, You can still go on vacation, but it's going to be very different. I remember posting, well, it was just happening yesterday. So of course I remember, but I posted something (laughs) (laughs) about um, staycation packages in Clearwater and St. Pete and someone from the neighborhood, she's never booked with me before, but I know she social media stalks me. Um, She commented on my post and she... (laughs) She was like, hotels don't discount rates if they're offering full service. And from personal experience, it's not full service at all. You're not going to get the, a good vacation out of it. And she's listing all these things that they don't have. So regular housekeeping, no buffets, spas, all that stuff. So I don't know if she traveled towards like the middle of the pandemic this year and realized she wasn't going to get full service because she did it on her own and no one told her. Yeah. Today, when I am booking people or quitting people, I'm letting them know when you go, expect to see these things that are different. Um, This will be different as well. Like you're not going to get your bed made every single day. You can always call to request service, but it's not going to be an automatic thing like it used to be. Right. So it's a lot of people not knowing. And moving on from the cruise lines, airlines as well, it's going to be very different. I know a lot of folks have already done air travel. A lot of folks in the industry, I've seen so many travel advisors already traveling Mm -hmm. to Mexico and the Caribbean. And um, so far, everything's been, I haven't heard anything negative aside from folks refusing to wear masks, but I feel like the airlines have done a great job in terms of enforcing those guidelines. And there's been some interesting videos to watch. (laughs) (laughs) People being removed. (laughs) I will say it's entertaining, but also cathartic to watch those videos because they're just like, yes, enforcing the rules. They're saying that for the airline business, 2021 might be more difficult than 2020 um, Mm. because we're having a ton of different government restrictions. So just based on how COVID is progressing, you might encounter different kinds of regulations, um, different kinds of consumer confidence. Um, and it, none of those things are within the control of the airlines. So they're just like us. We're just basically it's, dependent it's on- It's going to be evolving over yeah. a very long period of time. We just have to always be prepared for what the next change is going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think as long as you just accept that and don't try to fight it, you're going to be happier. Yes. <laughs> And once again, they said testing could play a really large role in terms of consumer confidence and flying and traveling in general. And for hotels, one of the biggest um, changes will be longer stays. People who are traveling because they're all working from Mm -hmm. home or kids are doing virtual school, they're able to work from anywhere. So a lot of hotels are offering longer stays, work, study kind of situations where they have special pricing for it. And I know just at the Wyndham Grand and Clearwater Beach, they have a partnership with the Clearwater Aquarium for like a virtual school classroom kind of thing where the kids have a little space at the Clearwater Aquarium to do their schoolwork if they need to because the hotel and the aquarium are so close. So That's awesome. Super creative, sounds really fun. Um, but yeah, those three sectors, like this article that we'll link in the show notes, um, points out a lot of different ways that we can see travel moving forward. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, we keep saying this, uh, complimenting the innovation of these companies. And I think we're just going to keep seeing that. And it's going to, again, just be evolving and changing over time. Obviously, Teresa and I are going to try to keep you guys informed of what those current changes are, but be ready for new changes every month. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got this other article from Travel Weekly along those lines about how suppliers are upping their luxury game. So I have a couple things to say on this, but um, obviously small groups, private, distance, exclusivity, uh, anti-crowd, that is a huge trend. The unfortunate side of that is it may really create a situation where travel is only for people with a lot of means. So I hope that doesn't end up being the case. But it's just kind of going over how all these suppliers are expanding their luxury offerings in the way of more small group tours. So like Backroads, I don't know if you've ever worked with them, but that's a really neat company. Yeah, Um, they just announced five new small group adventure tours in North America. So they're 
creating more opportunities for being around fewer people. We also do a lot of outdoor travel as well. Yes. Like biking and hiking and stuff. They're focused on. Active. Exactly. And they offer premier and casual lodging. Did I say casual or casual? Casual lodging. (laughs) 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 So, but now they're going to, to offering some more super luxe products. There, a lot of different destinations are saying they're seeing more affluent travelers come. And again, I think that's just like, if you have the money, you can travel now, you can do it in a more safe manner. Um, and then even these luxury hotels are offering these long stay discounts to get people to come if it, you know, if you have to quarantine or whatever, make it worth your while. So I think that just kind of adds on to what you were saying. I think... In terms of travel style, we're seeing two sides. Like on one hand, you have people who are, you know, doing small groups, private groups, more luxe. And on the other hand, you have, let's go rent an RV and drive. Yeah, but RV rental is super pricey. I mean, it is very expensive. Okay, I'll change that then. Let's go camping. (laughs) (laughs) And we do see, and, and this is where like the back roads comes in, this outdoorsy, fresh air kind of a trend Mm -hmm. going on. So it'll be interesting just to watch these different suppliers figure out where their sweet spot is going forward. Yeah. Another um, travel forecast that I've seen, uh, it's from um, Travel Pulse. It is on this new term called the Vaxcation. V-A-X-I-cation. And other friends. And in reading about this, I was like, what's a vaccination? Like, are you traveling to get a vaccine? Because that seems like it doesn't make any sense. But it's <laughs> getting vaccinated and then going on vacation. Yep. And one of the folks they interviewed here, they believe that the pent-up demand for travel and and you know, everyone has canceled trips and they just really want to go. It's going to push people into being more supportive of being vaccinated before they travel. They're just like, I want to travel so badly. I'm going to get a vaccine. And that would be me. Yeah, Same here. Same here. (laughs) More than a few people who are in the medical industry who recently received their vaccinations and they've been updating everyone on their social media pages. So I've been following very closely. They've been documenting how they've been feeling, um, injection site effects, if there's any you know soreness or anything like that. So I'm following them very closely. And then once they get the booster shot next month, also following along with how they're feeling after that. So I can tell you that I, I have quite a few people with a few years on them in my clientele, and all of them are using the word vaccine frequently. So I think um, there's a ton of people who are going to feel safer mm-hmm. if they can get that vaccine. And I just was telling you, my parents are just waiting to be able to get a vaccine and they want to come here for a long visit. So it's definitely, and there there are some people who it could hurt the travel industry because they don't want to be told what to do. I, I was mentioning that on another episode that Jen Lee was quoted about that in an article. It's, uh, yeah. Again, evolving. We'll see how it takes out. I mean, we've heard that some countries might even be requiring proof of vaccinations um, before they enter the country. And this is not something that's brand new to traveling. There are multiple countries that require you to get certain vaccinations and show proof of it once you arrive in order to be allowed in. Well, as we know, the issue in terms of the U.S. is that the matter has become more political than medical. Mm-hmm. So that's just an, another obstacle to trying to get past for yeah. the travel yeah. industry. Definitely trying to overcome that perception. I was watching this TikTok late last night, and it was a gentleman who, I, he he used to be in the military, he's a vet, and he's like, guys, I was part of the military, and they injected us with all these things, and I had no idea what they were, but they said it was vaccinations and um, you know, stuff we needed to go into other countries and we just didn't have an idea what it was. So he was saying that because he was so ready for the COVID vaccine because he wanted life to go back to as normal as possible. Well, <laughs> you just made me think I was taking a walk. Tracy and I were going to that bakery that I posted the pictures of. And I said, hey, 
Um, I don't know if you've been concerned about this, but I wanted to let you know that the father from Travels with My Father got his COVID vaccination today because <laughs> I follow him on Instagram. And that is, if you haven't watched it, a really funny show on Netflix. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there being public about it, trying to show like, I'm doing it. And some, you know, politicians, including George H.W. Bush and... Obama and a bunch of people who have committed to getting it and make, being very public about it in order to hopefully increase the sense of well-being of the citizenry. Was it George W. Bush or George H. W. Bush? I'm sorry. George H. W. Bush has passed on. Yes. Uh, as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, am I, am I saying there? I'm sorry. W is getting it. I actually have another article along these same lines, but before we hit that, should we go ahead and uh, do a rapid fire headline situation called excess baggage? Yes. I was afraid you were going to forget what our segment was called, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay. It's time for excess baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory. So you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. Signature Travel Network announces the addition of 18 new agencies to their growing network. All have joined the network since January 2020. In addition, current Signature member agencies have acquired seven new agencies in 2020 from outside of the Signature Network. I am thrilled to welcome our new members, said Alex Sharp, President and CEO of Signature. All 18 share our unique Signature philosophy as well as their own exceptional experiences that will help to drive our organization forward. And this is all from Signature's official press release. According to Travel Market Report, the U.S.-Canada, US-Canada land border to, is to, going to stay closed until at least January 21st. Another article from them outlines how Pleasant Holidays has launched a social media toolkit designed to help travel advisors grow their sales by increasing their online presence and promote engagement. And one more from Travel Market Report says that Insight Vacations will debut journeys to Latin America for the first time. For a little dose of holiday spirit, go check out an editorial in Travel Age West called Let's Bring Some Hope for the Holidays. Travel Weekly reports that Empress and Majesty of the Seas are leaving Royal Caribbean's fleet. The line said both ships were sold to an undisclosed party based in the Asia-Pacific region that will release details on future sailings at a later time. They also report that United, in partnership with the CDC, is the first U.S. carrier to announce a contact tracing initiative for all flights. Under the voluntary program, United customers will provide contact information, including an email address, phone numbers, and the address where they'll be once they reach their destination. That will be shared with the CDC. And the last one from Travel Weekly says that Universal Orlando Resort's new Universal's Endless Summer Resort is now fully up and running with the complex's Dockside Inn and Suites Hotel opening earlier this week. According to Travel Agent Central, ASTA supports the Emergency Coronavirus Relief Act of 2020, which includes several provisions that it's been advocating for. But Zane Kirby said, while we support this bipartisan bill as a meaningful progress, we believe that next year a more comprehensive package targeted at the travel industry and others like it hit hardest by COVID will be needed beyond this temporary bridge to March 2021. Another article from Travel Agent Central is called Riding the Rails, Amtrak's Auto Train Cuts Out the Drive, Saves Time. Auto Train, which stretches three quarters of a mile in length with two locomotives and up to 40 or more passenger rail cars and vehicle carriers, travels along 855 miles of track between Lorton VA, which is just south of Washington, D.C., and Sanford, Florida, near Orlando. Operated by Amtrak since 1983 in a typical year, the train carries 250,000 passengers and 130,000 vehicles, including cars, SUVs, pickup trucks, and motorcycles. It is the longest passenger train in the world. From my ASTA Travel Advisor Daily email, according to the Washington Post, vaccine news has led to a spike in travel bookings for 2021 and beyond. A dozen travel companies and organizations encompassing cruise lines, tour operators, Travel agents and resorts told the Washington Post that they are seeing bookings pick up for the second half of next year after a brutal stretch that brought the world to a standstill. And one last fun one from afar says that the world's happiest country is all about reading, coffee, and saunas. According to the 2020 World Happiness Report, Finland is the happiest country in the world for the third year in a row. And that's it for Excess Baggage.
while Kareen catches her breath. Just a reminder that all the articles we referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news, we're just sharing it. And I just wanted to touch on Finland being the world's happiest country. They also do not participate in small talk there. And I think that might contribute. (laughs) Of course you do. They probably don't hug either. (laughs) I mean, they, I I remember reading this article. I can't remember where, but they actually have to take classes on how to make small talk when they're interacting with people outside of Finland. Cause it just doesn't happen there. It's just not, it's not part of the culture. So for me, I'm like, that sounds pretty good. You just get to the point when you're talking. Well, I to do like that for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like 2.5% Finnish, but I'm way more than 2.5% happy. I'll say that much. <laughs> Yay. So this other article that I encourage everyone to go read is another one in Travel Weekly. Uh, It's called Think Outside the Box? No, Destroy the Box. So it's, again, along the lines of sort of redefining this industry. I think we all can see that the bright side of this is people really understand the value of a travel advisor now. So Richard Turin wrote this article, and it starts by saying, the Dow Jones average went up 400 points on November 23rd. An hour later, I read a report from Goldman Sachs that said that while stock investors may be celebrating, 52% of the small business owners in America have stopped, and I mean entirely stopped, paying themselves a salary. And he says one has to imagine that in the travel slash hospitality industry, that figure has to be higher. We all know our industry has taken a hit one of the hardest. So he kind of goes through some tips about redefining yourself, your business, um, focusing on how you want to move forward. And we've said before, especially with the way things are constantly changing, if you ever wanted to make a big change in your business, now's the time, right? If you ever wanted to, like, once you're caught up in the momentum, it's very hard to back the train up on the tracks. But right now we have this opportunity to make a different plan moving forward. And he goes through a bunch of different questions and suggestions about that you should think about as you plan your path forward. Um, I will quickly, I'll just start with number one, think through every aspect of your operation and rank them with those that need the most attention at the top. Like that's exactly what I'm talking about. Really do some brain dumping, some, some self-examination and, and, figure out what needs to change, what needs to stay the same, what can be improved and how to do it. He goes on to say several things, including ponder what is essentially wrong with our industry. I'm noticing on that note about there is a lot of buzz around the way that commissions are paid by suppliers Mm -hmm. to make sure that travel advisors are compensated for their time as any, because we bring the client and we make the sale, we've done the job. And I saw some very interesting conversations on Facebook for both sides of that, that it's not, it's not a simple answer. I really mm-hmm. think the discussion needs to continue around that. It, it doesn't necessarily need to be all or nothing. There's probably a middle ground, but those are the discussions we need to be having with fellow advisors and our supplier partners to figure out the best path forward. I'll say it again, <laughs> uh, but I agree. It's obviously going to be linked in the show notes, and I think it is worth the read and worth taking a moment to really deliberate on his points and questions. I've heard a lot of travel advisors mention in many of these Facebook groups that they are not just going to take any client that comes into their door now. Yep. Um, They're being very picky about who they choose to work with because this year has made them realize that their mental health is important. Their mm-hmm. time is valuable and they don't want to waste it working with people who don't appreciate them. And we've encountered many different clients and many different reactions when it comes to how to deal with rescheduling and canceling their trips, refunds, credits. So moving forward, a lot of travel advisors are just being picky. And I think that's a great yeah. thing. Yep. I definitely am making some changes personally to what I want to work on. And 
aside from, I, I don't want to say this and have it come out wrong. There are certain things about what has happened that I am grateful for. I would not choose this by any means, you know, with all of the death and illness. And I just, if I'm looking for some silver lining, it is there for me. And part of it is being able to stop and assess and make the changes needed instead of just being caught up in that momentum and not being able to get off the hamster wheel. Right. This one article that I have is from one of my favorite people, uh, Samantha Brown. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people might say this um, who are within our generation, but we grew up watching Samantha Brown on the travel channel, Mm -hmm. watching her go to all these amazing hotels, going to the spa. And I feel like it'd be safe to say that she played a role in how much I love travel. So this article is about um, lessons that we can learn from the pandemic, according to Samantha Brown. And she has a show called Places to Love on PBS now. And I really do enjoy watching her show because she approaches it from a completely different perspective than most travel shows approach the destination. And she's always very willing to learn. I feel like she's very perceptive of the humans that she meets along Mm -hmm. the way. Um, So what she says is um, what we've learned in the last eight months, how people have just so fiercely defended their own communities by supporting local businesses and getting to know that they have all these artists they didn't know about and great stores and the stories behind them and knowing that it was up to us to rally behind these businesses and make sure that they survived and thrived. What I really hope for this is that everyone takes that sense of, hey, we're all in this together that sense of community and applies it to the places that they travel to, because even though that place is new to you, that's someone else's local. That's right. And when I read that, I just got chills and I started tearing up a little bit because first of all, I've become way more emotional this year in a way that I've never been before, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but just remembering in March and April when this first happened and just in our own individual communities, I know in mine, we rallied together a lot and no one knew what was happening. Everything was chaotic, but we supported our local shops, like our small business owners. And I know a group of people in the neighborhood, they actually created a volunteer organization called the bike brigade where they would partner with local restaurants and deliver food orders by bicycle to people within the neighborhood And this way, they're not paying the additional surcharge for companies like Uber Eats and DoorDash and stuff. It's completely volunteer. People rode bikes to deliver food. And that lasted about two or three months until things opened up enough for people to actually go and get, you know, food. But just stuff like that 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 happens. And for Smith & Brown to be able to tie that to once we can travel again, we have to remember that the places where we're going, people actually live there. And we need to be able to have a mindset that we're there to learn, we're there to support them. And it's just a feeling of community that has come out of going through the pandemic together, because literally the entire world has dealt with the pandemic together. That's right. I always say that tourism is a two-way street, or it should be. It's not for us to just go into a destination, take what we want, and not with that, you know, without a care of how it affects them. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I, I bring up sometimes is how Airbnb and cer- there's, I'm not knocking Airbnb. There's a place for Airbnb, but in certain cities, it is very detrimental to their economy. Paris as an example, like Parisians can no longer afford to live in Paris. It's causing all this economic distress, you know, whatever, so I'm against staying in an Airbnb in Paris because you're going in and you're saying, I don't care about you mm-hmm. or anyone here. I'm, I, I just want to save a few bucks and do what I want to do. And then I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, right. but even more so now we really have to try to educate ourselves about how we can have a better give and take as we're traveling. I think so. I'm with Samantha on this. Yes. So I'm going to move to, uh, this is, Afar had an article called The Best Time to Buy Airline Tickets. And I don't know about you, but um, my clients ask me this constantly. 
And my general answer is always, you know, it's supply and demand that you cannot predict. There's an algorithm as how many people are looking at this flight, how many people have bought this flight, how many, you know, there's just too many variables Mm -hmm. to really say. But I wish that I had a little more knowledge about, so I could at least sound like I'm giving the, because they want to hear now is the best time or whatever. They want to feel like they are making the right choice of when. So this article, I like it. It kind of gives me a little bit of a baseline to talk about when is the best time. So obviously you need to go read the article. I can't go over every single thing, but it talks about uh, when the sweet spots are for timing prior to travel, how to go look at an airline website, like a search engine, like the ITA matrix to sort of get a feel for things, which Honestly, as soon as I get an inquiry, I usually go right to Google Flights or the Matrix to determine, fl- like, flights is my first step. What what makes sense? And, you know, sometimes clients even say, just want to go somewhere warm. This is my budget, and I can use flights to help me with that. Um, but using a Matrix helps you get a feel for how the prices are moving over time. And, of course, it does say you can use something like Hopper or CheapAir.com because it uses historical data. Now, my question is, is historical data even relevant anymore? I'm curious <laughs> to see because we don't know how things are going to move forward. It is all supply and demand. There was this one line from it that I feel like we need, because I have clients sometimes go, say, I went online and there's a ton of seats and it should be blah, blah, blah. And they say, um, never judge how full a flight is by the seat map. Many travelers opt not to pay for advanced seat assignments, meaning the flight may be full without really showing it. This is not a good indicator that fares may drop. And even if a website shows you the seat map, many seats are blocked by airlines for the airport to release. So I think that's a really good point. Don't go look and see how many seats seem to be available Mm -hmm. to tell yourself, oh, there's plenty of seats left. We can wait. Because if a bunch of people bought basic economy on that flight, those seats are taken. So I thought that was interesting. And it's a good read if you want to feel like, well, if my client really wants to hear when's the best time, maybe I could give them some sort of informed information about that. Do you run into that a lot? Yeah, this would be a great article to use to create captions for your social media posts. Ooh, oh, I'm doing and, it. <laughs> and you can do a Facebook live or Instagram live just talking about these points from this Ooh. article. So you guys hit the jackpot today. Teresa's yes. got her social media coach hat on. <laughs> I never take it off. <laughs> like always on. I'm in I'm in Publix and I'm like, oh, that's a really great idea. I'm gonna put it in my notes app right now. Um, but yeah, I would totally see that being a great um, resource for us to use to market. Um, but yeah, I when I first started in the industry, even now from time to time. Um, they'll be like, oh, I heard it's cheaper to buy a flight on a Tuesday. So I'm like, I am not going to sit on a Tuesday and look at flights because honestly, I I don't know if I'm going to keep doing this moving forward, but you know, using air consolidators, that doesn't apply. I guess but I'd also, I disagree. And, I, and then this article kind of debunks that too. But my thing is, if they're using an algorithm to mm-hmm. determine how many people are looking at the flight and everybody's going on a Tuesday, that might be some kind of a trap in my opinion. Like, you know, everyone thinks it's good to buy on Tuesday. So Tuesday's when they're going to look, maybe they're not even comparing to what it looked like on Monday. Mm -hmm. Oh, Tuesday's the day. So I'm buying. They could actually be edging prices up because this is the common opinion. And I know one time I was surprised at myself. I booked, I do tend to avoid the weekends. I have noticed a very, solid trend of weekends, the prices being higher, but I booked myself a flight on a Friday night, just not thinking about what day of the week it was. And the next week I was like, why did I do that? But I started looking and it just so happened. I did get the best price. It just went up from there. So I, there is no hard and fast rule for sure. But, um, I guess if your client's looking for that and you feel like telling them a couple of nuggets is going to make them happy, Mm -hmm. It's not going to hurt. Yeah. Make them feel like they're in the know. 
Exactly. And that's, you're so right, using this on social media as a way to feel like you're giving out mm-hmm. some secret information. Yep. Good yeah, because, you know, I have definitely boarded the TikTok train. I don't have my own account, but I watch TikTok videos. And a lot of videos that I've seen are on quote unquote travel hacks. And I'm listening to it as a travel advisor. And I can't think of anything specific aside from it's cheaper to book a flight on a Tuesday um, that's come up. And I'm just like, a lot of these travel hacks I don't think are applicable. Like I don't even think they're true. But it's, you know, a lot of folks are seeing these travel hacks and that's where they're getting their information. So if you can provide them with some hard facts and, you know, back it up with some some evidence, then they'll be like, hey, guess what? That's not true. So, yeah. And, you know, it, it talks about the stuff we probably all know where like, sometimes you get cookies on your computer. So mm-hmm. it's best to start fresh with an incognito window so that because you're those cookies are monitoring you and they're like, no, they really want this flight. Let's inch it up a few dollars. I mean, right. there's so many variables. Mm-hmm. Um, and these cookies but, are not the yummy kind of cookies. They're like the digital no. cookies. <laughs> and another thing I always do, which would also make a good um, Instagram or Facebook live or social media post is I tell my clients up front, I will not quote you basic economy unless you specifically mm-hmm. ask for it. Yep. You fully understand what that means. I think that explaining what basic economy really means and how it could end up costing you more in the long run. I can't, I, just my personal network, I know a ton of people that just travel a lot and they're not really travel, you know, they're not a good fit to work with a travel advisor, but they post about their travel so many times, arrive for their flight and don't know that they don't have access to the overhead bin and get charged a big fat fee right at the gate and are just furious and like blasting the airline. Because of course they don't read the terms and conditions when they're buying the tickets, just choose a sign. Yep. That's for me. Um, So that would make some very good social media content. For sure. The last article that I have is actually on a new social media marketing tool from Pleasant Holidays. Um, I haven't tried this. And honestly, I don't book a ton of Pleasant Holidays. So I'm, I'm not sure how useful this information would be for me. But for those of you who are listening that do, um, Pleasant Holidays has launched a social media toolkit designed to help travel advisors grow their sales. Um, And within this toolkit, they have a lot of images and customizable content you can use on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, And they're claiming that it's going to help you um, increase your online presence and promote engagement. So they have them under a variety of themed campaigns and they're constantly updating them to make it up, you know, timely and also having things that are like evergreen content. So um, yeah, if you use Pleasant Holidays, check out their new social media toolkit. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I saw your face do something when I read that in excess baggage. So now I know why. Um, I use Pleasant Holidays pretty frequently, uh, mostly for Hawaii or the South Pacific. Their online booking engine is very easy if you're doing multi-destination. I have a lot of people Mm -hmm. that want to island hop in Hawaii, and you know me. I don't want to get on the phone. Right. I want to do it myself, and it's very easy to use. Um, And then don't count them out for all-inclusive packages in the Caribbean either. I do include them when I'm shopping around for the best uh, value for my clients. They do sometimes come out on top. So, uh, And then they also work with, oh, gosh... With not Paul Gauguin, but there's another cruise line that does a lot in the South Pacific. And I did, maybe it was Windstar, did a whole combo with them. So I was getting the land on the front and the day room on the back and they packaged it all together and the price wasn't any higher for the cruise. It worked out beautifully. So even if you, if you don't use them, go check out the social media tools and maybe that will convince you that they're a good partner to work with. This is one feature that a lot of suppliers have that I think a lot of travel advisors don't really take advantage of. And it's the media library, the asset library of that particular supplier. They have a whole, you know, slew of images and videos that you can use for marketing. And I can either use those photos to create something on Canva and personalize it, or I can just take the photo, create a post and put the value that I need to within the caption. So um, I know a lot of TAs, they might look at this and they're like, oh, I'm just going to copy and paste everything. But 
remember that you need to make it so your clients actually new to the table. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I agree. And another thing, and I was just messing around with my classic one today for some reason. They move where the logo is. I'm not happy. I'm going to give some feedback. Um, but like co-branded websites, classic has the co-branded Viking Uniworld. There's tons of them out there. And you can really use those to your advantage when you're presenting information. If you want to give the client the link to the cruise to really look it over, but it's your co-branded website. So it's great. They're not like on the Viking site. And if they, they'll get redirected back to you. It's, I think it's so overwhelming the number of tools. So I think it's always a good idea to think about who are your top suppliers, say top five, and then dig deep into every single thing that's available and ask your BDM. Tell me, what are my best marketing tools to promote you? And they're going to be very happy to help you with that. So, Teresa, what is something you have been loving lately? Very weirdly, I've been loving just typical household chores. I get Mainly it. because I've mentally given myself permission to take the rest of December off in terms of like super hard hustling. I'm still working on things Me like too. inquiries and quotes and, you know, the family with intention course. I'm still working on that, but I'm not going crazy with like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to stay up all night. Um, I, f- I feel like typically I just felt guilty for taking a break. And then I thought about how all of 2020 has been full of so much stress and work. And I just was like, you know what? It's December. I'm just going to take a little breather. I'm going to rest my mind, get ready for 2021 and all the new things we're going to have to deal with in 2021. And so with this downtime, I am just doing regular chores. Like I shampooed the carpet upstairs in in my bedroom Mm. yesterday. And I have like my Bluetooth headphones. So I've been listening to like true crime podcasts while I've been Mm. doing all this stuff. I'm doing laundry, like, like not just clothes laundry, but just linens and, you know, the big stuff laundry. The only thing that is the downside of that is that I get so (laughs) engrossed in the true crime podcast and like doing chores that I'm not paying attention. So if Abby comes up behind me to see what I'm doing, I might like jump a little (laughs) because I'm listening to true crime. Well, uh, I don't know if any of you follow Gretchen Rubin. She's got the happier or happiness, happier podcast with her sister, but she wrote the happiness project like over 10 years ago. Anyway, she has all these great little nuggets that I love. And she wrote a book, which I just love the title outer order, outer order, inner calm. And I really put a lot of stock in that. Um, and actually today, Tracy and I've been trying to, we're in our new apartment. We just moved in a couple nights ago and we're just trying to get everything unpacked as fast as possible and get into a routine and get everything in order. And I think there's definitely some comfort in being able to take the time to do something like shampoo your carpets or whatever that maybe has been weighing on you. You want to get it done. And like once it's done, it just feels like like your space is so important. It was like. so cathartic because I was using like that Bissell like steam vac. Did you see the lines? Well, well, my carpet's not that dirty, so I didn't see the line, but I saw the water <laughs> that yes. came up after um, washing. And it was just like, I could, I could see, um, I could feel the difference and see it in, in like, yeah. I don't know, it's just like you go and do something and there's like a finish point. It's it. like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save it for tomorrow, whatever. You have a goal, you go in, you do it, and you're done. That's so true right now because I feel like a lot of the things that we have on our task list just never end. Mm-hmm. Following up on refunds and following up, it just like stretches on or c- continuing to reschedule people over and over. So the idea of a, a task that has a finite end, I love mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. And what about you? What are you loving right now? I am loving living in a bustling Mexican city. We are now, we were staying in an Airbnb. It was like, not the suburbs, just outside of downtown. It was a $2 Uber to get right to the center of downtown. We're really close, but could only walk to a few select places. And it was up a really steep hill. And now we're like right downtown. So we're out in the streets and everybody walks everywhere. And you go, you know, 
went to the bakery and got a bunch of stuff. Like we're walking to do all of our chores and there's so many people out. Everyone has masks on, thankfully. Um, and then from our balcony, we can see the Christmas tree that's in the city center and it's lit up at night and it changes colors. And it's just like, just so neat. There's just so much going on everywhere. And this crazy thing, there's these little birds, little blackbirds. I'm not exactly sure what they are, but in the mornings, right before seven o'clock, a bajillion of them are flying. I'm not sure which direction yet. And it's like right above the main highway. That's we're pretty removed from it, but we can see it for sure. I can't believe how many birds all in a line, just going and going and going. And then in the evening they go back to wherever it was. So I don't know where they're going or where they're returning to, but it's right. It's a main thoroughfare in the city and all these birds. I have a couple of friends who probably really freak out about it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say like these birds every morning at seven are like singing outside your window. And I'd be like, wow, that would be busy. They're going somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) It's shockingly quiet in our apartment, Mm -hmm. but you look out the window and it's just this city buzz. I love it. Yeah. Um, our shoes are filthy, but <laughs> we can always clean them. So it must, must it, it sounds like it's worth it based on the photos that I'm seeing on your Instagram stories <laughs> and on Facebook and stuff. So definitely worth it. Um, do you have a destination on your mind? I do because it just keeps popping up for me. Everywhere. And I probably don't shut up about it either. <laughs> <It's> Japan. <laughs> so um, do you, our podcast network, Travel Market Media, is a part of Travel Research Online, and they have like a daily, or I don't know if it's daily, at least a few times a week email with lots of headlines in it as well. And there was a headline called, if you're not, if you're a fan of Japanese mythology, these destinations are calling your name. And it's just magical looking through um, these It's just, it feels like, I haven't been there, obviously, but everything I see, it just feels like it would feel like being in a totally different world, like a different universe. And um, so downstairs from our apartment, there's a pretty nice mall and there's this little Japanese store that I don't know the name of because it's partly in Japanese, uh, but it's like a tiny Japanese Ikea, but also with a bunch of skincare products. So I had I got chip, chip clips and Tupperware things and like all these neat things that you get at Ikea and also some face masks and there's makeup and nail stuff and backpack. It's crazy. And it's all, of course, very affordable and adorable. Like everything in Japan just seems so cute. So it just keeps coming up for me. And obviously I love a cherry blossom. So one of these days, how do you pronounce the name of the lodging that looks like Ryokan or Ryokan? Oh, Ryokan. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want that to go is to an there. experience that I yes. always book for my clients if their itinerary, like if their time frame allows for it, because it is so insane. Um, and I am still rationing my sheet masks that I bought in Japan last year, and they do have an expiration date on them, so I I, I can't ration them for too much longer. Um, but it's they're amazing. Um, it's no Teresa, joke. Life is short. Get your mask on. <laughs> yeah. Do not save your mask for later. Yeah, yo, Just like we're encouraging clients to hit the bucket list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll put them in my will if needed. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, so I was recently a guest on another Travel Market Media podcast called the Ra- uh, Travel Radio Podcast with Megan. Mm-hmm. And we talk about Japan. And I think she is publishing it next year, um, early spring, maybe late winter, early spring. So yeah, a ton of information there about traveling in Japan as well. So I, I love it. I love Japan so much. Well, what uh, destination has been on your mind aside from Japan? Also in the same area, um, I've actually been thinking a lot about South Korea mm-hmm. because I have been getting on the K-drama and K-pop train and I am mm-hmm. late to the party. <laughs> <laughs> but during the pandemic, it made me, you know, 
sit down and try and diversify the things that I'm watching on Netflix. And there are so many K-dramas on Netflix. And I was watching one um, crash landing on you. And it's just so ridiculous and so cheesy in some places, but it really taps into your emotions. So if I ever I've feel heard. like, yeah, if I ever feel like crying, I'm like, I, I, I turn on the show and I'm literally bawling because it's so emotional, but in like a cute way, but then in a sad way and then in a happy way. So, um, last night I watched the black pink documentary on Netflix and it's about this girl band. They're a K-pop band and it's just, you know, kind of someplace that I never thought I would want to go, but now I kind of do. Well, um, you definitely get your skincare for sure on point there. Yes, absolutely. And also, isn't there like a huge spa culture, like a where you go and soak in pools and everyone's in oh, roads yeah, like and like, everybody does it like daily. And yeah, yeah, for sure. So, and they also have one of the fastest internet speeds in the world in South Korea. Do you know what I found interesting? You just made it come up. So I watched this YouTube couple called Tim and Finn. Um, they do a lot of traveling. So it's interesting to me. As you guys may have seen, I was plugging their backpacks and packing cubes because they are amazing. They're tripped. Uh, is the name of them on Amazon. But she said, because they just were doing a bunch of national park stuff in the U.S. because that's what they could do. They rented a, an adorable camper van in Cali uh, California and were riding all around. And uh, they work from the road. And she said, in terms of internet connectivity and speed, the USA has nothing on rural Vietnam, which surprised me. But I guess, you know, we're a little behind in the technolo technology arena. Yeah, just but, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for sticking with us until the end. We hope this episode has been informative and entertaining. Um, all the articles mm -hmm. we referenced today can be found in the show notes. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to go and delete those travel news emails I've been hoarding for the past month. Oh, yeah. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also, head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. I can't believe it, but it's Christmas next week. I can't. <laughs> so Corrine and I, we're going to be taking the week off, but we'll be replaying one of our favorite episodes when we had Dondra from Celebrity Cruises on air with us. When we return, the week of New Year's will be coming to you with an incredible guest to get you pumped for 2021, and it is no other than Jen Lee herself. Woo! Side note, I actually am constantly thinking of something Dondra said from that episode, which is about always looking through the windshield and not the rearview mirror. Yes. That's in my daily life. She has so many great nuggets in that episode, and I mm -hmm. think about the quote that she has taped to her little laptop um, and it's a Maya Angelou quote where she said, um, if you're not happy with something, change it. And if you can't change it, change your attitude. And yeah. that has been so core for me since I, since we had her on the show that one day. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Merry Christmas if you haven't, because you're going <laughs> to <laughs> yeah, you didn't hear it before you want to listen next week. Yeah. And, but I'm really, I, I can't wait for Jen Lee to come on to this podcast um, mm. with us week of new year's too because she's been one of our biggest supporters since we first started well and honestly to have dondra next week again whatever i i'm gonna listen to it again and then jen lee as like the cherry on top of the year to really like kick the door down for 2021 that's why we timed her when we did so we're very she has that. been on um i don't remember which webinar she was on but she's jen lee said something that really spoke to me um, she had mentioned that for 2020, many of us have lost a majority, if not all of the commission that we mm -hmm. have made. We have canceled almost all our trips. And she said, to, to some people, it might feel like you're starting over when mm -hmm. things recover. But she said, you've done it before. This is not going to be the first time you're going to build your business. You have Absolutely. already done it before. You can do it again. And that was just so optimistic and hopeful for me. And yeah, knowing what you know now, you get yeah. to do it again, but you get to do it knowing what you know now. Exactly. 
that was just such a magical piece of advice. I even texted her right away when she said that because I was watching the thing live and I just texted Jen. I'm like, that was so good. Thank you for sharing that. Yep. Well, we want to hear from you. So how are you feeling coming into 2021? Is there anything you've learned this year that you'll take with you into the new year? Please DM us on Facebook or Instagram or send us an email at hello at the tinlounge.com to let us know. Thanks again for joining us in the Tin Lounge, where you can learn a lot in a short amount of time. See you soon.